You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. So on this Mother's Day, I thought I'd speak to you about a woman who is referred to as the mother of Israel in the Bible. Uh, Many of you would know her story. Her name is Deborah, and her story is found in the book of Judges. And she's significant because she completely shifted the fortunes of an entire nation. She was living in a time where Israel was really oppressed. The Bible says that they'd been in oppression for 20 years. Can you imagine? I mean, we freak out when we've had a bad day or maybe a bad year. But at this particular point where we find, uh, excuse me, Deborah and her story, we see that Israel had been under oppression for 20 years by the king of Canaan. His name was Jabin. And he was, he was the ruler over a really sophisticated army, 900 chariots of iron, the Bible says. So they were like the superpower of their day. And I, I read the passage of scripture in the first service, but in this one, I'm really just going to jump right into the life of Deborah and how our, her story can speak to us today, whether or not you're a man or a woman. So today, if you're sitting back going, oh my gosh, have I kind of entered into a woman's meeting? <laughs> I'm going to pull out my phone and play Angry Birds <laughs> or Minecraft or whatever the cool thing is, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> The spirit that Deborah carries is one that both men and women can benefit from today. So I wanted to just pull out a few little bits and pieces from her life. She, she was just a magnificent woman. As, and as I said, everything she did reverberated just from her, her little place. The Bible says that she used to sit under a palm tree and, and counsel people. So she was a counselor. She had a great gift of wisdom, so much so that the Bible actually called her Judge Deborah. She was a judge. So not only did she counsel people, but she got to decide who was guilty and who was innocent, who was right and who was wrong. This woman carried a level of power like, you know, you wouldn't believe. So that's why I have a problem when I hear a few people say, you know, women shouldn't preach in church, they shouldn't lead. I'm like, well, have you read the Bible? I mean, this is... This is the book of Judges right in the beginning. This is, this is the Old Testament where, where you know, it, it was still a very harsh, in a lot of ways, misogynistic culture. And yet, in the midst of this story, we see this powerful, mighty woman by the name of Deborah. So the first thing that I wanted to point out this morning is that she was a homemaker in her house, but also in God's house. So she just didn't limit her influence to her little four walls. So she, she was a, an astute woman. She was a great wife. The Bible tells us that she was married to a man by the name of Lapidoth. Quite, and if you're out there looking for a baby name, look no further. <laughs> excellent, excellent choice. Lapidoth. The Bible says she was an excellent housewife, but, but she didn't let her influence stop just in her household. The Bible says that she was also in the beginning, day, beginning days the keeper of the lamps in the house of God. And so many of us can think, well, I got my little family and I'm looking after my little family and the rest of the world can kind of fend for themselves. But what I love about Deborah is she didn't just let her influence stop at her household, she let it leak out into the community. We see that too in the, in the story of the Proverbs 31 woman that not only was she a stellar wife, mother, like the gold standard of women, 
she also had an incredible influence in the marketplace. I wanna tell you today, ladies and men, that God has anointed you for both. You are gonna impact your household, but you've also got something that you're gonna contribute to the city and the village that you're part of. That you're part of. Now, C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, the homemaker is by far the most superior career. So much so that every other vocation exists to support it. Isn't that amazing? So for those of you who are stay-at-home mums today, I wanna just remind you, you are not just a mum. It's not insignificant what you do. You are literally training and shaping the next generation. Never let anyone put you down because you've chosen to forsake maybe some extra bucks to look after your kids at home. But I will add to that, it doesn't stop there. I thank God for the example of my mother. See, my mama, mama was a very gifted woman, a great speaker, orator. She got saved in her 20s. She wasn't raised in a Christian home, had a powerful encounter with God. One day she was, she was having a, her own quiet time and prayer time with the Lord. And she said, Lord, if you ask me, I will go to the nations for you. And the Lord spoke to her so clearly and said, Val, I haven't asked you for, your, for the nations but I will ask you for your five daughters. And so it was right then she got an image of what the Lord had entrusted to her, what was her most ultimate responsibility. And that didn't mean that she kind of, that's it, and church is the robber of family, and and don't you go to church because they'll steal your family time. And Sunday's family day, so we don't go to church. Hey, wonderful thing to have a family day. If Sunday's family day, then take your family to church. (laughs) And I love that about my mom because she didn't limit what God had asked her to by, you know, thinking this is something I need to huddle and protect from the church, but she knew the full expression of her family would come when she not only influenced her children in her household, but raised them in the house of God. And she modeled it by using her gifts and talents, not for her own glory, but to build the house. My mum had a bit of an epic voice, the old Val. It's kind of a bit old school. One of those vibrato voices, you know. You know, I could all, like, you know the songs, how many of you have mothers like this? And the songs come up and they just have this great riff and they have this great bridge and, and you, all the wannabe singers just lift their voices to a whole nother level. <laughs> that was my mum, she was not afraid. We used to have productions like our church does, although ours are much cooler, just gonna say. Twisted and Hero are are excellent. My mom, she used her talents for Jesus and for the Lord. We did did a production, um, how many of you remember Salty, the singing hymn book or singing, yeah, oh dear God. So one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was watching my mother use her gifts for Jesus to build the house. She was salty the singing hymn book in church. Yes. And I remember sitting in the crowd with my sister Janine and we were just like mortified, like what is happening? Mom, why? And someone turned to my sister Janine and said, isn't that your mother? And she's like, no, no, I have no idea who that woman is. But she didn't leave it there. She got the kids involved. So she was part of a singing troupe called the Good News Singers. 
And she, I mean, they made their own skirts, very kind of like House in the Prairie-esque, long floral, lest any man should stumble, <laughs> with like a white blouse with a little bow at the top, and they used to sing in churches, sing in our church and sing in other churches, bringing the gospel via song. And then she started one for the kids called Joy. <laughs> I was part of Joy. <laughs> I was forced to be part of Joy. Joy is the flag flown high from the castle of my heart. From the castle of my heart. From the castle of my heart. Joy is the flag flown high from the castle of my heart. Because the king is in residence there. Okay, so the unreluctant or the reluctant you know, surly member of Joy was, was I. Um, but, but I love that about my mom because she instilled in me the value of church. She instilled in me the value of church. I heard this quote the other day. It said, parents who treat their house of God as optional shouldn't be surprised when their children treat Jesus as unnecessary. And I, I thank God for a mother that knew her responsibility was not just to raise and influence her kids in her house, but also to lead them to the house of the Lord and use her giftings and encourage her children to use their giftings to build their house of the Lord. Do not drink the Kool-Aid and believe that God's house and church will rob your family. It's the greatest builder of family, my friends. It is the greatest rehabilitator of families. It is a, the greatest saver of people's lives. It is the greatest way to get your kids switched on to their purpose. I love that Deborah was a homemaker, not just only in her house, but in God's house. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's probably enough of that one, eh? All right. Point number two. Now, I wrote this message this morning in 10 minutes because I had another message to preach. And as I was going about doing my Bible reading, I was reading about Deborah because she's the mother of Israel. I thought it's fitting. Okay, I'm going to turn to Judges chapter four. And all of a sudden I'm reading. I'm like, this stuff's better than what I had planned. So I completely changed the trajectory. So this is not just fresh bread. This is literally straight out of the oven will burn your mouth bread. So get ready. So the second thing that I love about Deborah is she spoke victory. Ooh, what does the Bible tell us in the book of Proverbs? Death and, somebody say it, life are in the power of what? The tongue. So does it matter what you say, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, it does. Because the Bible says we will create a harvest from the words we speak. So think about the context that Deborah's in. So Deborah's in a context where they'd been in oppression for 20 years. The enemy had 900 chariots of iron. Guess how many Israel had? A big fat zero. So this looks like an impossible battle. Mothers, fathers, humans. There will be times in life where like Deborah, you are faced with an impossible situation. And the Bible actually doesn't give us permission or any examples to speak doubt. Only faith, only faith. And we see that because of Deborah's confession, she said, victory victory after 20 years of oppression. Hang on, we've got zero chariots, they've got 900. Victory. Ah, oh, but, but King Jabin of Canaan, he's a mighty fierce dude. Victory, victory, 
victory. What impossible situation are you facing today? Maybe one of your kids, your husband, one of your friends, something that you're in the midst in of where God is looking for you to speak victory. Come on. She, she spoke victory. And if I have any concern for the modern day church, is that it's that we've let doubt creep into our pulpits. And I want to speak against it and condemn it harshly. We are not meant to speak according to what we see. We are meant to speak according to what we read in the Word of God. We do not have permission or authorization to do anything else. And you can fight me all day long on it, but I'm right. And the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, when, when Ezekiel is faced, God, God, God takes him on a little journey. Imagine that. Imagine this. He takes him and he carries him up and they're stood in a desert and they're surrounded by a valley of dry bones. This is an actual thing that happened in the book of Ezekiel. And God comes to Ezekiel and says, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? And I will say to you today, there are many moments as a mother, a father, a human, where people will come and ask you the same question. Can these dry bones live? Can the dry bones of addiction that have ravaged my family for generations, can the dry bones of divorce and abuse that have been a cycle that look like it cannot be broken, the, the poverty, the cancer, the pain, the wounding, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel had a really smart confession when the Lord asked him, can these dry bones live? He said, um, because he's looking around. I mean, it looks impossible. It's like a Deborah-sized situation. He's like, um, oh Lord, you know. <laughs> Which is actually an excellent answer if you don't know the answer to the question. <laughs> like it's better than saying, heck no, that's impossible. And most of us would do that. And then the Lord said to Ezekiel, prophesy to those dry bones. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Do not underestimate the word of the Lord that you speak into your family. So Deborah speaks victory, victory, victory. And as mothers, as fathers, as people, we have a responsibility to be, to, to set the atmosphere over our families. Victory, victory. Oh, you're going to make it all. You're going to get through. When I was given a diagnosis in the womb over my little girl, Zoe, they told me that if she did live, if she was born, that she would be severely, severely mentally handicapped. And this was like a dagger to my heart. I remember just a spirit of fear being so present in the room when we were given that diagnosis, it felt like a cloak. And I couldn't wait to get out of the room to call my mum because my mother is a woman of faith. And I called her and I told her everything that had been spoken over me and she just stopped for a second and she considered her words carefully. And she said, Leanne, everything is gonna be all right. Your little baby is gonna be born perfect. And you know what? She was. Her word of victory set into motion a chain of events. So four months later, I had a little baby in my arms that was perfect and whole, fearfully and wonderfully made, and surprised the doctors. You have no idea. You think it's insignificant what you say. 
and you're casual with your words. I, I am very careful with what I say to the point where I've been criticized because I, I speak to our cherished chicks and I'm like, I don't want to hear you guys saying, oh my gosh, I was dying. I was killing myself. OMG, dead. I'm like, yeah, might sound cool, but I'm not letting that crap come out of my mouth. I'm gonna live a long time. Oh, I'm gonna be old. I'm gonna see my children's children and I'm gonna live my days in divine health. Don't be cavalier and casual with your words. Oh, but it sounds so cool and all the celebrities are saying it. Yeah, they're saying a lot of idiot things. Don't parrot the world. Don't confess the hashtags and the cool little sayings of the world. Get the word of God in your words and you'll find yourself blessed beyond measure. Yeah, so there's a whole lot of things I don't say. I, I don't give the devil an opportunity or a foothold through my words. Victory. And I, I faced a dire situation with one of my children who was, who was ad addicted to drugs and away from God for seven years in rebellion. It was like my own personal Deborah moment where I'm looking out at a sophisticated army of 900 chariots of iron and I had none and it had been 20 years or felt like 20 years of demonic oppression. And I had one of two choices. Confess that it's hopeless because that is what I saw with my natural eyes or to speak victory. And you know what, God had to arrest my mouth and arrest my attention because it's so easy and one of the greatest temptations you will face in your life is to speak what you see. But the Lord said to me, don't speak what you see, speak what I see. And he gave me a strategy. And you'll get a strategy when you go to faith instead of fear. And a lot of moms, you got a reputation of being a warrior. Oh me, oh my, oh dear, oh no. Looks like rain. But yeah. <laughs> we can change that, right? Don't be a warrior, be a warrior. Come on. The spirit of a Deborah, regardless of whether you're male or female, can live and produce something amazing on the inside of you. So God said, your son is the fruition of Psalm 1. Don't speak your fear, speak faith. So every time I would get discouraged in my heart, and friends, there were many moments where what I saw took the courage out of me. But I would just be faithful to speak the victory, to speak the word of God. Blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat, uh, walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the mocker, but his delight will be in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he will meditate day and night. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. He will bring forth his fruit in season and everything he does will prosper. What are you going to do, my friends? Are you going to amen fear or are you going to amen faith? Deborah spoke victory victory and then a series of events so unlikely took place that, that it couldn't have been anything else but God. You think your words are of no consequence. Your words are everything. It was words in the beginning that created the universe. <laughs> your words have creative power. So she speaks victory and everybody's like, what, what, what's going on? You're a lunatic. Like so much so that the commander of the army at that point would not go to battle without her. 
he was so unsure in himself. He's like, well, well, if you're the one with the vision and the confession of victory and the prophetic anointing, then you're going first. <laughs> and she said, well, look, all right, Barak, leader of the Israeli armies, if I have to do your job for you, I will. But know this, the glory will not go to the armies of Israel and it will not go to you. The glory will go to a woman. Boom. Some of you men need to hear that as the word of the Lord today. <laughs> there are some ferocious mama bears out there and due to their strength of pet prayer, thank you, Mariah, due, due to their example, their families are now a living testament of the power and awesomeness of God. So she speaks this word of victory. And then all of a sudden, this sophisticated army that looked like it was unbeatable got caught in a unlikely and un unseasonable rainstorm. I mean, you think about it. Like it's the Middle East. Like that barely rains there, let alone such torrential rain that it stops the armies of Canaan and all their sophisticated chariots of iron that looked like they were unsinkable got stuck in the mud. Oh, oh, the irony. How good is God? And you think that your words are of no consequence. God created a storm that paralyzed the enemy. And then, oh, that's, that's not where it ends. Okay, so, so they're stuck in the mud. How embarrassing, how embarrassing. You should be ashamed of yourselves, Jabin, Canaan, and Sisera sucked in. That's your, what you get for coming against God. So they're, they're stuck in the mud. And then all of a sudden, Israel just jumps on them. And there is a great and mighty slaughter. But Sisera, who is the captain of that particular army of Canaan, he's the most wicked and evil guy, decides to flee from the scene to save his life. So he flees thinking he's running to the household of an ally. But this particular ally just so happened to be married to a woman who was, let's say, a Christian. He wasn't, but she was. He was out, she was in. And that was bad news for Sisera. So he said, oh my gosh, you're, you're, you're an ally, you're my ally. And she's like, oh yes, yes I am. Come on in Sisera, I'll take care of you. Take leave of your weary body. He's like, can I have a glass of water? I'll go one step further. I'll get you milk. I might put a little NyQuil in it, but you'll never know. <laughs> and so she gives him this laced milk, right? It's got melatonin and she's in the cupboard. She's been to true chiropractic. She's got all the herbal sleep aids. She's tossing them in there. <laughs> Here you go, my Lord. Bible says she brought it to him in a lordly bowl. Oh, she, know how to, she knew how to use a man's ego against him. She bought it and he grabs it and he guzzles it down. And of course, he falls asleep. Now is her opportunity. The Bible says that she fetches a tent peg. Look out, men. There can be bad sides to having a second amendment. <laughs> and she gets the tent peg and she grabs it and the Bible says that she thrust the tent peg through the head of Sisera. And when Barak came past, was Barak who is like the leader of the Israeli armies came past, she jumped out and said, I have found the man that you are seeking. Come on in and let me show you what I've done with him. 
almighty man who was afraid to speak victory in a time of great oppression. And he walked in and sure enough, there was Sisera with a tent peg through his head because of a woman. And where did the woman get the eye to do this? Victory, 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 victory. And then God created a chain of events so unlikely. And after 20 years of oppression, Israel was in peace again. Your words matter. Your words will either restrict heaven or unleash it. Now, how could Deborah have possibly have known what her words would create? And yet, what an incredible testimony of a confession of faith. All we have to do is speak the word and God will do the rest. She wasn't like, well, I'm going to say this. And then there's this woman, this housewife, this most unlikely of people out in the outskirts is going to do this. And then God's going to bring a rainstorm. And then, no, all she had to do was speak victory. It's not hard you got a book of victory right here. All right, you're still breathing out there? I know I'm very animated today. Ezekiel in the dry bones, think about it. He prophesied as he was commanded. And here's, here's my concern for the church. We've become so sophisticated and so puffed up with our own version of intelligence that we've tossed God out. Why do you think that there are more miracles and breakthroughs in third world countries than in countries like ours because they don't have anything else. Most of the people there are are relatively uneducated and it's been a blessing, not a curse. I have a 10th grade education. Do you know why I can speak this? Because I don't have anything else rattling around in there to get in the way. All I have is this. Oh, but the biology, oh, but the scientists... What? God created them. That is so ridiculous. What was I saying? Dry bones. <laughs> Dry bones. And my fear is that we will, we will just have seminars on how to live with dry bones. <laughs> Living with dry bones. We don't speak to them. We don't use our prophetic gifting, which the Bible says that we all have, to prophesy to the dry bones and say, hear the word of the Lord. Instead, we talk about how to live with dry bones. Living with dry bones. My bones are dry and yours are too, and that's okay. (laughs) Fooey to that. That's not what the Bible says. You know, the world is going to come in here not looking for more of what they've already got. They're going to come in with broken lives, broken marriages, broken financially, broken in addiction, broken in abuse, broken because of a broken heart. And if we're not giving them the word of the Lord, but we're just giving them our human understanding and intelligence, it won't change them one lick. God is looking for a mother and a father to rise in Israel and shift the entire fortunes of a city. What you say matters. She spoke victory. Another thing I love about Deborah is in Judges 5.11, it says, they shall recount the righteous acts of the Lord. You know, every time I read the Bible, I can't stay in doubt. And a lot of you today are in doubt because you don't pick this up. You're not reading the testimonies. So I I reckon that, that Deborah more than likely had conversations with Barak and the army of Israel and said to them, don't you remember? 
Don't you remember when we, our people, were being chased by the Egyptians, so outnumbered, and God opened up the sea to deliver them? Have you really forgotten? Have you really forgotten how powerful, how majestic? I wonder if we could be men and women that actually go to the Word of God for a testimony instead of going to the person who has a negative confession, who just wants to amen your pain instead of send you to the promise. Things can be better than they've been, but it takes someone with the spirit of a Deborah whether male or female, to capture what God wants to do, not just in your family, but in other families as a result of your testimony. Amen. Amen. And finally, I'm going to ask the band to come. She went first. This, this lady was a pioneer. She was a pioneer. She changed a city first. And so don't mind me if I don't take your excuse as to why your life doesn't look how you want it to look because it's everybody else's fault. And if only my husband would. And if only my wife would. And if the government didn't, listen, Deborah defied the government. JL was stronger. She was not going to let the government's desire or weakness be the limitation or the ceiling that she lived under. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Deborah went first. All the men were quaking in their boots. And I love that she didn't say, well, this is the men's responsibility. They need to do this. Barak is the commander of the army. He should be, I'm just going to sit back here and judge him. And she probably could have had the right to do it since she was the judge. (laughs) But she got up and she took care of business. What business do you need to take care of that you've been using somebody else should do it as an escape hatch to not get it done? We heard an incredible testimony at the marriage retreat on the weekend from an amazing woman who's here today, Michelle Hunter. And I thank God for being an example of a woman while her husband was yet to really have an encounter with God that would change his life and set him him on the trajectory that God had planned for him. Didn't sit back and go, well, Tommy, if only Tommy... She took care of business in her own home. She was the Deborah. She prayed, she warfared, she went first. He may not be loving me right yet, but I'm gonna love him right first. And many of us, our relationships, our marriages, our lives are stalled because we're waiting for somebody else to go first. Just as a little aside, great way to train wreck a marriage. And I see it over and over again. And I faced it in my own life. Well. When my husband understands the importance of having my emotional love tank filled, which was very deep. It was a gas guzzler, just saying. I did not have a Prius love tank. (laughs) When he fills my love tank and takes me out for dinner and takes me for coffee and then I will look after his needs. My husband's on the other side saying the same thing. Well, when? She makes love to me on demand. And she comes out every morning calling me Lord, like Peter commands. Then I will, yeah, great way to end up in divorce court citing irreconcilable differences. But actually, you know what I've realized? 
There are a lot of differences that are very reconcilable. Just a lot of people who aren't willing to go first. It's time to go first. So I had to make a decision. I'm gonna give him and so what I want reaped back. It's so, it's so biblical and yet we don't do it. We think if I withhold from you what you need, then maybe you'll get the memo that you need to give me something that I'm not getting. Ridiculous. Give, the Bible says, give and it will come back to you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over, it will be poured into your lap. The Bible says, prefer one another over yourself. And as I became the woman of all my husband's fantasies, you know what I found? That same level of reciprocation came back to me. We're all waiting on the world to change, but God's waiting on you to change your world. He's empowered you and equipped you. Sometimes, whether you be male or female, God is gonna require you to go first. Say sorry first. Oh, it's so hard. I'm not gonna apologize first. When He apologizes, I will apologize. Again, our human logic has got us into so many messes that we just should not be in. Well, 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 um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna forgive until they ask for forgiveness. Again, they're not gonna get you anywhere except at a stalemate. Maybe today on Mother's Day, some of you are estranged from your mothers because she didn't look after you the way that, you, that she should have and she didn't love you, right? And I get it. And I'm not trying to make excuses for bad behavior, but I am saying as the Christian, go first. Pick up the phone and say, Mum, happy Mother's Day. I just want you to know that I love you. Nothing else needs to be said. You don't need to lie. You were a great mom. My childhood was amazing. Just happy Mother's Day. I just want you to know I'm thinking of you and I love you. Oh, no greater repair kit than an apology. I love that Deborah went first. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think that's enough for everybody to chew on. 12.23, why don't you stand to your feet? I'm just gonna pray and, and unleash the spirit of Deborah. This morning was all about impartation. The Bible says, when village life had ceased in Israel, everything had stalled. The enemy had a grip on the family, on the nation. The Bible says that I, Deborah, a mother arose. Do not underestimate the power of a godly mother. Lift your hands to the Lord. Whether you're male or female here today, I want you to receive the spirit of Deborah. You're gonna speak victory. You're gonna take responsibility. You're gonna use your giftings and talents, not just to build your house, but to build God's house. There is a place for you here. There is somewhere where you're called to contribute, to extend even out of the borders of your own four walls and change not just your family's legacy and lineage, but the family of God. God cares about His family and He outworks His will through people, through people like you and I, through people like my mum, Val Gray, who put a, a, a love for the house of God so deep in the hearts of her children that all four of my sisters, five of us girls together, all are in the house of God today. Every single one of us married to Christian man, there's been no divorce and we're all in church. My testimony can be your testimony, but, but you gotta grab a hold of this stuff today. Again, nothing wrong with the seed, but what's your soil like?
receive the word of the Lord, receive it. If you need to be rebuked and challenged, take it today. Don't, don't squirm out of it, let it hit you where it, ooh, yeah, hurts so good. But it's gonna bring about change. Father, the spirit of Deborah upon every man and woman in this place today, men and women that shift the fortunes of this entire nation through their example, through their faithfulness, through the confession of victory that is on their mouth. Father, and for those that need to go first today, God, let them shake off excuses and have the courage to do what's hard. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 